Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show. Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and Twin Whoa! Do you think we can find anything to talk about today, Stan? Well, you've been off for a week or two. Jeez, um, nothing really happened over the last couple of weeks. <laughs> well, let me tell you, I'm loaded for bear. And I had to work really, really, really hard to call down everything that I wanted to talk about because there's just so much stuff yeah, that happens. Of papers is overwhelming. I, I know, I know, I know. I know, I know. And of course, we're going to talk about what's going on at the state capitol in St. Paul. The he said, she said, the latest on the claims of sexual harassment and a hostile workplace at the capitol. It is just crazy. And I want to know, who do you believe? Who do you believe? Should the should the legislators resign? Should the ones that, that have been accused resign? Of course, the latest news that's coming out now is the Minnesota House has decided they're going to hire an outside firm to 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 uh, conduct the investigation into the sexual harassment allegations made against uh, Tony Cornish. Uh, I hope that applies to everyone. By the way, uh, that this whole story is just unbelievable. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. I also want to recap for you what happened on Election Day. Election Day was last Tuesday. Uh, let me tell you, especially in Minneapolis and St. Paul, a whole lot of progressives were elected. Do you know what a progressive is? Well, I'm going to tell you right from the horse's mouth. Uh, I'm going to tell you exactly what a progressive is, and I think you're going to be very, very surprised. The biggest loser in the election last Tuesday is fiscal responsibility. The only thing that is going to hold most of our city councils accountable and our and our school boards accountable is going to be us. So strap in, pay attention. It's going to be a bumpy ride, and and I hope you're ready to to hold them accountable. It's really really crazy. Uh, we're also going to talk about how 51% of the millennials say they want to live in a socialist or communist system. Now people can't be that stupid. Well, apparently some of them can be. And the shocking part of that is I think what it is, I think what it boils down to besides a horrible education system in the United States. Uh, but I think what it boils down to is people don't, don't understand what it means to be a socialist and to be uh, a communist. They just don't understand how destructive it is. And when I talk about what a progressive is, we'll tie in uh, some of this terminology. So hopefully we can educate uh, some people because, yeah, there's a lot of people out there to be educated. If 51 percent of the millennials say they want to live in a socialist or communist system, that's just insanity, Pope insanity people insanity plus this is a story that i feel like has been really underreported in our local media the justice department is going to revoke u.s citizenship from four somalian minnesotans and we have heard similar stories like this right here in minnesota we want to know if those stories are going to be investigated too and and i just have to ask what takes 17 years to investigate somebody who came to the united states lied about who they were lied about uh where they were from uh, who they were married to um, why does it take 17 years to investigate this and yeah i think there are some other people who should have their u.s citizenship uh revoked before we get started, though, uh, today is Veterans Day, and we have we have to thank all our veterans who have served and are serving our country. We should be thanking them every day, not just one day. Their families too. 
people don't realize the hardship and sacrifice that that our veterans go through uh, and that their families go through as well. Well, they're well, the members of the armed forces are off looking out for us, uh, to defending our freedom. Well, that we keep screwing up. Think about that. Uh, freedom isn't free, folks, and we should be thanking our vets uh, much more than just one day a year. We really appreciate that you fought and still fight uh, to keep us free. I thought it was pretty interesting. Channel 11 actually covered um, Blaine High School. 3,000 people gathered at Blaine High School for an emotional tribute to the Minnesota veterans on uh, Veterans Day. The Blaine High School assistant folk football coach and the girls head hockey coach organized the event that included uh, Senator Amy Klobuchar and CARE 11's Belinda Jensen, who was emceeing the ceremony. They honored 98-year-old Louis Steinke, uh, who was a World War II veteran. He was honored for his service, and the crowd was seriously, watch the video from this on Channel 11. The crowd was moved to tears as he lowered a flag. Um, they had Gold Star moms who, uh, who had lost their sons in recent wars, carried carried a flag uh it was just really inspiring and really touching and and this principal or assistant principal whatever he is assistant i'm sorry assistant football coach uh told the students how important the act of service is and he said military or otherwise but the school choir even at the school orchestra and choir were there providing patriotic songs the raptor center had an eagle there uh the quilt of valor presentation that awarded uh handmade quilts to outstanding veteran veterans you just don't see a public school do this very often and i was just really Really impressed by that. And then, of course, you have Edina High School. Veterans Day at Edina High School. They had an assembly honoring the vets. And during the national anthem, members of the Black Student Union sat down. Sat down. The During the speeches given by the vets and their family members, the uh, Black Student Union students laughed, used their cell phones, and during taps, the kids laid on the ground. If you don't have a kid in Edina High School, you can still call them and tell them what, what disrespectful students they have in their school because really, truly, it is just shocking how disrespectful some people are, uh, especially towards the people who fought for them to be that stupid. Uh, uh, Mike, uh, Vice President Pence was at Arlington. He said uh, he gave a great speech. Oh, my gosh. It is I, I whether I'm at Fort Snelling or Arlington, you look out and you look at so many people who have given their lives fighting for our country. And it's just astonishing. Uh, but but Vice President Pence said 50 million people have donned the uniform of the United States and nearly 20 million still walk among us today. So to you 20 million out there and to your families too, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. We really, really, really appreciate it. Oh, man. Okay, so we had... Um, we had an election this week. I'm going to talk about that in just a second. But there are a couple other things that are happening in Minnesota that I wanted to make sure that I told you about. Uh, told you about 
And sometimes I put this stuff off to the end of the show, so then I forget, uh, or I run out of time. So I thought, you know what, this time I think we're just going to put it at the front. We're just going to make sure everybody gets to hear about it. And this is something that I talk about every November. November is National Adoption Awareness Month, and I have told you people over and over and over and over again, all my nieces and nephews are adopted. Uh, I am so thrilled at the women who who chose made the very difficult decision to choose to give up their child for adoption uh that that has turned my family into the most amazing wonderful family uh ever and i am just so thankful and grateful and the minnesota uh department of human services said that there are four no 766 foster children in the state of minnesota who are waiting for families so heads up people heads up there are 766 foster children who are looking for help and if you can be one of those people awesome otherwise remember november is adoption awareness month uh you know what's going to happen next week next week um Minnesota's competing to host the 2023 World's Fair. We're competing with Poland and um, Buenos Aires, Argentina. Um, the winner's going to be announced on November 13. And I am praying that Minnesota does not get it. And well, we I just, just bought all that new land I know, for that, so I let's know. hope we get it, right? And we'll have to build a new train. And, yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that, yeah. No heat on the trains, by the way, I hear. Uh, oh, you know what? Hey, um, Metro Transit is looking there this weekend. They're going to be voting on if they're going to go on strike over the Super Bowl. And um, the Met Council tells us not to worry that they'll work it out. Uh, but, yeah, I heard that somebody had vandalized all the heat. So between people getting stabbed and robbed and beat up and between all, all the crime that's located around the light rail transit, uh, now they don't have any heat out there. Well, it's 40 degrees out today, so I guess that, that part doesn't matter. What should concern you, though, is you've got an active group of people around Minneapolis who are saying... Uh, the Tribune ran an article saying that that some of the streets around uh, where the Super Bowl festivities will be, some of the s- streets will be closed for up to two weeks. So you've got this organization in Minneapolis who's saying any street that can be closed for two weeks or more is a street we should be talking about closing to cars permanently. <laughs> you knew that was coming, didn't you? You just knew it. Is that part of the it. progressive discussion you're having later? No, that was something different, but but you know how some of those people are. They would Betsy Hodgins, just because, you know, the new boss is the same as the old boss. Uh, also, there was a story out of the Alexandria Echo Press that said it's official. The Wittenbergs, who are uh, up there, they have a, a turkey farm up near Alexandria. They have officially received the invitation to bring two of their turkeys to Washington, D.C. for the annual presidential pardon at the White House. And they they live on a farm just east of Alexandria. They started with a flock of about 80 turkeys. They've been na- narrowing it down. Now they've got about 20 turkeys they're keeping an eye on to see which one is going to get the privilege of traveling to the White House to be pardoned, which I think is super fun. Uh, also, for you folks that live in Minneapolis, the, um, I've told you before, if you own a business in Minneapolis, get out. Just get out. Get out. It's too difficult of a city to run a business in. They think you're they're your ATM machine. Just get out. Don't do it. Um, but the 
chamber, the Minnesota chamber, just filed suit against the city of Minneapolis, um, a, a lawsuit trying uh, challenging the minimum wage ordinance. So we'll keep an eye on that one for you. And also, you people in Hennepin County, I think she's in District 2. Linda Higgins is going to retire. She's not going to run for Hennepin County Commissioner in 2018. That job pays $100,000 a year, Stan. I think you ought to run. I think you ought to run. Oh, it's crazy. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk about the election from last Tuesday. Um, my picks went 0 for 4 on Tuesday. That's nothing new uh, in the area that I live uh, in, in Ramsey County. Um, my worst year ever, I went... Uh, one in 19. That was bad. Uh, but I'll tell you, I'm just disgusted with what happened on, on Tuesday. We'll fill you in when I come back. Stay tuned. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Afternoon, everyone. It is a gorgeous day out there. I love, love, love it. It was a little too cold for me out there, but I thought of you, Stan, with you with the ice freezing over and you wanting to get out there People ice are actually fishing. Ice fishing up north already. Oh I'm my jealous. gosh! Well, tune in at five o'clock. You can hear Stan's show. Okay, election day was last Tuesday. Uh, I think I told you. In typical fashion, uh, considering where I live, my picks went 0 for 4 yesterday. That's not as bad as some years. One year I was 1 in 19. Uh, but yesterday or last Tuesday I went 0 for 4. It could have been a lot worse. I didn't vote for three people for school board. It probably would have been 0 and 7 then. But I know the people that were elected and the and the school levy folks will continue to tell themselves that their tax hikes aren't going to hurt the people and businesses in New Brighton, but they're wrong. They're also wrong. I'll tell you, there are so many people, they're just dumber than a rock. They don't listen. They don't pay attention. You have a mayor. 15,000 people saw that 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 video of, of Mayor Val Johnson um, talking about white privilege and swearing at another council member. The woman got reelected. It's just it's just absolutely shocking. Uh, and you've got. Uh, New Brighton that's looking at a 10% property tax increase on top of another, uh, what, 7 8% for Ramsey County on top of a huge, 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 uh, it'll be over $500 a year for for a lot of people in New Brighton. And these people are going to keep telling them that they're, that these tax hikes aren't going to hurt the people and businesses in New Brighton, and they're just wrong. And my heart breaks for these senior citizens, for the, the young families that live in New Brighton, because there is no one. There is no one, not on the city council, not on the school board, who is looking out, not on the county commissioners, not on the board of commissioners. N- nobody is looking out for you. Nobody is is going to watch out for fiscal responsibility. So you're going to have to watch them like a hawk's folks. It's going to be a very expensive, bumpy ride. And the irony is, we got a, the mayor who got reelected. It's shocking. Just shocking um you've got half the people who are in the in the united states who are living paycheck to paycheck and and these candidates talked about they're going to focus on affordable housing well they tax people out of our city well they tax businesses out of our city to claim that affordable housing is a priority what a joke and you also have a sitting mayor who has some unpaid property taxes herself. I hope she takes that into consideration uh, the next time she's looking at some other 
uh, person or business or family who can't. I had my next door neighbors tell me they needed to have a garage sale so they could go on a vacation. Now they're going to have to have a garage sale just to pay their taxes. People don't realize how bad this is going to be. Around the state, there were 30-some city elections and 115 school board questions and school board choices. What was especially shocking was in Minneapolis, they had a 43% voter turnout. That is unbelievable in an off-year election for a local election. Most people don't pay attention. So to have over 100,000 people come out and vote in Minneapolis is un- is unbelievable. In New Brighton, we were, we were over 33%. That is unbelievable as well. Uh, St. Paul hovered, I think, about 27%. And a lot of these races got really, really ugly, so ugly and, and just vile and ugly. We had some candidates in New Brighton that people smeared dog poop all over their yard signs. That's how disgusting, ugly, and nasty it got. It was just horrible. But the bottom line, folks, we aren't rooting for a football team. We're talking about how to best run our cities, how to best run our our schools. And you've made a horrible decision, a horrible decision. And when you get your property tax statements and you start whining about how high it is, don't look at me. You deserve it. And and the families that are suffering, my heart just breaks breaks for them. Uh, the the local elections are supposed to they're supposed to be nonpartisan. They're supposed to help shape our communities that we live in, that we love. Um, I told people to get out and vote. Clearly our side didn't bother to get out and vote. Now we're stuck living with those living with those uh, consequences of, of of people who don't pay attention, people who don't do the research needed, uh, or people who are too stupid because they did do the reset research and they they didn't pay attention. Uh nation, na- nationwide, uh voters in Virginia, New Jersey gave a uh um a Democrat gubernatorial elected Democrat uh, Democrats for governor. Um, that's not surprising. <laughs> They're Democrat states. Um, the Democrats have had a very tough time since Trump getting their feet underneath them, and they are really trying hard to channel the anti-Trump energy into success at the ballot ballot box. Um, it's no surprise that the Democrats won Democrat states. Uh, it's uh, th- there were a few surprising things, but what what you should know is, yeah, the Democrats won Democrat states. We get that, but this is the motivation the Democrats have been looking for, and they're telling you, hey, we're coming for you in 2018. Pay attention, we are coming for you in 2018. Um, but. We got another election that's like 360 days away. There are 33 Senate seats that are up for grabs, including Amy Klobuchar's here in Minnesota. All 435 U.S. House seats are up, 198 uh, state executive seats, and 6,000 state legislative seats. It is not surprising in these off-year elections to see the party of the president uh, lose in 1982, Reagan lost 26 House seats. In 1994, Clinton lost 52. Obama lost 63 in 2010. Uh, there were some exceptions, like around September 11th, uh, that that made some differences there. I was actually surprised in Minneapolis with their ranked choice voting. St. Paul got their winner right away, uh, Melvin Carter, right away. Like, we knew that night. Uh, and, and Pat Harris 
Pat Harris lost. Thanks, Republicans, for screwing that one up. Uh, I think he lost that because of the police union mailer. Uh, in Minneapolis, Jacob Fry is the new mayor. I think everybody agrees the new boss is the same as the old boss. What was notable about the Minneapolis election is in Ward 6, Minneapolis, Cedar, Riverside, over half of the pre-registered voters cast their ballots early. They cast their ballots before election day. That's absolutely amazing. We're very happy the socialists didn't win. Very, very happy. All 13 seats in the Minneapolis City Council were up for grabs. Um, and and the progressives were super happy. The progressives were super happy because they went from a minority of 5 of 13 to a majority of nine out of 13. Uh, and there were some new faces that were elected. I was surprised to see Blong Yang lose. Um, I like him. He was a, he was a good guy. No surprise. Keith Ellison's, uh, Keith Ellison's son won with a lot of help from Keith. I might, might add, I don't know how the heck, uh, Alondra Cano, Cano was, uh, was reelected again. She's the one that handed out people's email and phone numbers, uh, when they said something she didn't agree with. It's, yeah, it, it's, it's crazy, but you're wondering what a progressive is, um, Well, I'm going to tell you when we come back. So with all these new faces that were elected in in Minneapolis, in St. Paul, in so many other areas, um, all these new faces. So there are some national headlines. One of the national headlines is how Minnesota now Minneapolis now has two members on the city council, 13 members, two members that are transgender. And that's the headlines all over. Not not what great policy they're going to do, not what a vision they have, not what they're going to fight for, not what they're going to accomplish. Important things that the the people of, that the people of Minneapolis want. No, no, it's just the fact that two transgender people are now on the city council. Mary Franson got in a little bit of trouble over that. Uh, we'll talk about we'll talk about all of that when we come back. Stay tuned. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk AM eleven thirty and Twin. CitiesNewsTalk.com. Good Saturday afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate you listening. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, and com. So does sexual orientation or gender make you a better politician? I mean, think about that. Uh, do your qualifications or ability matter, or is it just... Uh, just how you identify. Uh, I think that's we're seeing a lot of the identity politics, and it we saw it on election night where Andrea Jenkins had won Minneapolis Ward Eight Council seat, becoming the first transgender person to win such an office in a major U.S. city. Uh, with the election of Philip Cunningham in Ward 4 over Barb Johnson. That was a surprise. Uh, thanks for nothing, Republicans. Uh, Minneapolis has now has two transgender members on its city, on its city council. Uh, a lot of people confuse sex and gender, but mo- the, probably the most important thing you should know is, is the left loves to try to, uh, 
to to stress the importance of these identity politics of the uh, at the expense of the person's uh, experience or ideas or or things that they want to stand up and fight for. And um, Mary Franzen, Mary Franzen's been on this show. And if you follow Mary on Twitter or Facebook, she is hilarious. She says a lot of things. Uh, people are just thinking and are afraid to to uh, say out loud. Uh, NPR tweeted out Republican Representative Mary Franson is under fire for a social media posting targeting people who are transgendered. Oh, weird. I read it. And you know what? She wasn't targeting anyone. Uh, the Channel 5 put something out, too. I meant to. Well, I, f- I forget what Channel Five put out, but uh, it, but it's just it's just astonishing how the slant that the media tries to put on this. The Associated Press used the headline: "Minnesota lawmaker ripped for anti-transgender tweet." So, um, Republican Mary Franson, she's out of Alexandria. She posted a tweet on her personal account, um, and by the way. This was not on election day. This had nothing to do with the transgender candidates that were elected to the Minneapolis City Council. But, of course, our local media tied it to it. Uh, Her tweet read, a guy who thinks he's a girl is still a guy with a mental health condition. Um, People on the left freaked out. Minnesota DFL Chairman Ken Martin said in a statement that Franson's hurtful remarks uh, attempt to cheapen the this historic victory. Scott Dibble said uh, the Minnesota Legislative LGBTQ Caucus. Um, we are all better off when people are able to contribute to the best of themselves in every Minnesota committee. And they actually released a. Uh, um, a, a letter saying it's a shame that uh, a, a public official is perpetuating a false and pejorative, is that how you say that, uh, stereotype about transgender people. We encourage our colleague to get the facts and to get to know transgender people herself. She will quickly learn that the American Psychology Association says being transgender is not a mental illness. Problems arise for transgender people from lack of support and acceptance that creates a path for discrimination and all too often assault that almost all transgender experience at one time or another. When leaders of when leaders who hold positions of respect casually trade in negative comments about transgender people, some enter it in interpret it as an invitation to treat their fellow Minnesotans poorly, which is sheer nonsense, sheer nonsense. And you actually have uh, the one of the head guys at John Hopkins came out yesterday and said transgenderism is a mental illness. But that's the thing about the left. Identity politics is very, very important to them. And you think the way they think or they are going to come out and slam you. Mary said nothing about these people, about transgender people. People at that, these people, shame on me. Uh, Mary said nothing about transgender people being anything but people who have a mental health condition. And there are a lot of people out there who believe that. Uh, of course, the Republicans made Mary release uh, an apology. Uh, her response um, came uh, on Facebook. It's 
saying she should have shown grace and not come across the way she did. She added it's not the first time she's offended social justice warriors. And thank you for adding this, Representative Franson. It won't be the last. Um, she has deactivated her accounts. I'm sure they'll be activated activated again. Um, I think, you know, whether, whether you're talking about... Um, there's so many different things, and it can be anything from a physical handicap to a mental handicap. Uh, it all impacts if you can serve or if you can't serve. It doesn't mean that's what disqualifies you to serve in most cases. But when we look at what's going on over at the Capitol, maybe we should rethink that one again, too. Uh, fight back, people. We have got to fight back against this against this kind of stuff too. You know, the the left loves to throw labels on people, loves to accuse people of being racist or bigoted or Islamophobic or homophobic or I don't care, pick your phobic or your ism or your whatever. And and the the bottom line is we can't let them get away with it anymore. Donald Trump helped uh, helped show us we don't have to let them get away with that anymore. Uh and and Mary's entitled to her opinion too. And by the way, there are a lot of other people out there who believe that transgenderism is a mental illness. Did she name anyone, any transgender? No. Did she make any comment about the Minneapolis City Council? No. Did she talk about the transgender that was elected? I forget where it was, Virginia, maybe. Um, no, she didn't at all. She she And it wasn't even on Election Day. So uh, you have to recognize the left for what they are. They will attack uh, anything, anyone, and you better think like them or, yeah, they'll just jump all over you. It's crazy. So for years, I've been repeatedly asking Democrats, what's a pro- what's a progressive? What's a progressive? Tell me what it is. Define progressive for, for me. During the last election, this lady told me she was a progressive. And I looked at her and I said, what is a, a progressive? And she got all flustered. And then she looked at me and she said, well, if you don't know, you aren't one. And she slammed the door in my face. So uh, clearly she didn't know what what one was either. Uh, I mentioned to you that the Minneapolis City Council races, the progressive block increased from five to five of the 13 members to now coming up in January. Nine of the 13 members are going to be progressives. So. I put this up on my Facebook. You'll have to scroll way back because I don't think we were on air. Uh, I think this ran on November 2nd in the Star Tribune. Defining what makes a candidate a true progressive. And this is written by Dan McGrath. No, not our Dan McGrath, the one who comes on and talks about voter fraud. This is Dan McGrath, uh, who's uh, as far left as they come. He's the executive director of Take Action Minnesota. Um, And he talks about how progressives the the um, the Democrat voter base are heading to the polls and voters in Minneapolis, St. Paul and Duluth are going to vote and how Dan McGrath said we've seen a progressive, I quote, progressive arms race break out. And you've got he said you've got all these candidates with all these different policy positions and political ideology are all vying to see who can be the most progressive and uh thankfully dan said what makes a candidate progressive and i thought this is interesting because i'm finally going to get someone to explain to me 
what it is. So in a two-party system, party label often is not enough to identify a candidate's core belief and policy positions. So you, when you're looking for a progressive candidate, he said, you have to look at the candidate's values, match their action. He said, racial equity, social and economic justice, interdependence between people and our environment, and sustainability are core to who we are and what we believe in as progressives. He went on to say voters should investigate the candidate's vision and seek out those who want to make our community a place where all people live in joy. Progressives are about more than mere survival. They're about joy. He said progress, which I don't see how when you're ripping someone apart, how can you possibly, how can that possibly be joyful? Uh, progressive also support, also believe a 15 a minimum wage less than $15 an hour is a poverty wage uh, without access to paid sick time, affordable housing, and transportation. No one can get ahead, let alone fully enjoy life. So did you know that's what your job is for? So you can fully enjoy life? Mm-hmm. Yep, that's what they think. A progressive also understands that deeply ingrained inequities stand in the way of this pursuit, especially if a person is of color or is a woman. Uh, he goes on to say it's a progressive's uh, work is to achieve the unfulfilled promise of American democracy, a country where all people have power to affect the decisions that impact them and where everyone is in and no one is out. It sounds like a utopia. It sounds like a utopia with, with a total... Uh, a, a total ignorance for for how the real world happens. It ignores personal choices. It ignores personal responsibility. It ignores opportunity. Uh, the editorial board uh, endorsed Jacob Frey for the for Minneapolis mayor. Dan McGrath said, uh, "If Jacob Frey is going to be the next mayor." which he is, uh, they're going to have to make sure that they push him to be as progressive as they want him to be. And I just have such a problem with people who feel that they can lift up the downtrodden by tearing down hardworking, successful people. I have a problem with people who are loyal to ideas or who's more progressive. I want people to be rational. I want people to, to not have that label. I want us to be able to discuss discuss any topic any topic to hear all sides of it without some people calling people names or slapping a label on them with no proof at all you know that doesn't work anymore it doesn't work anymore to call someone a racist or to call some someone islamophobic or to call someone sexist or to call someone whatever they they call them and i think you're starting to see people who are standing up and say you know we're not going to feel guilty because we're white oh how do how do i know that because we had a college that said it put up signs and hung them up on their college it's okay to be white yeah people freaked out totally freaked out but the left uses that uh that intimidation as their power their power to silence you and it's working because a lot of people are afraid to say some of the things that just a few years ago you wouldn't have been afraid to say you know it's true that bigotry exists but of all the problems minorities faced bigotry is probably f- way far down the list of of way far down the list of of what's holding them holding
holding them back. And I think that one of the most important things to point out about progressives is they have some really important issues that their supposed things that they stand for don't um, they don't address like free speech or like immigration. Uh, and and all it's fine to say that you respect all cultures cultures but you have a lot of cultures out there who are contrary to what progressive values supposedly stand for so uh we're gonna see some interesting stuff in minneapolis st paul new brighton a whole lot of other places um the we have 51 percent of the millennials think they want to live in a socialist or a communist uh, system. This is absolutely crazy. I'll tell you a little bit more about it when we come back. Stay tuned. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Good Saturday afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate you listening. Uh, I, I'm shocked. 51% of the millennials say they want to live in a socialist or a communist system oh my gosh what a failure we have done educating people about socialism about communism more importantly about freedom it is just uh, absolutely uh, astonishing this was a new study that came out from the research firm YouGov and washington dc based victims of communism memorial foundation they surveyed two thousand people regarding their views on communism and socialism political systems. The biggest takeaway from the study was that one out of every two millennials surveyed said they would rather live in a socialist or a communist communist country over a capitalist democracy like the United States. Is that astonishing or what? Nearly 45% of the millennials polled said they would prefer to live in a socialist country compared to 42% who said they preferred to live in a capitalist one. Another 7% said that they preferred living in a communist country above all. The findings show that the percentage of millennials who prefer socialism over capitalism is a full 10 points higher than that of the general population. That should trouble you, folks. Uh, By comparison, over half of the baby boomers polled favor capitalism compared to 26% of the baby boomers who support a socialist system. The report also found that this is unbelievable, people. One in five Americans in their 20s consider former Soviet dictator Joseph Stalin a hero. Despite his genocide, uh, over a quarter of the millennials polled thought the same for Vladimir Lenin and for Kim Jong-un. That is just unbelievable, people. Google it. It's There's just absolutely no excuse. One of the most troubling findings of this report also came out that over 40 percent, 4-0, 40 percent believe that there should be restrictions placed on the First Amendment and free speech to ensure that anything being said is not offensive. Really, people? Really? How could you disappoint me that much? Uh, Do you not realize how important the First Amendment is? Do you want to silence everyone? Do you realize what's wrong with that? Uh, The survey uncovered that a basic working knowledge of communism among all Americans is lacking. 
Seven out of ten Americans did not know the definition of communism as it is most often confused with socialism. The same amount of people, uh, the same amount also underestimates the number of people who have been killed by communist regime regimes. Uh, folks, socialism is social and economic slavery. Uh, socialist economics have resulted in shortages, inefficiency, poverty, desperation, death. Wake up, people. Wake up. I just, I'm just so disgusted that so many people uh, think that. And Stan, I see the I see the phones are lighting up and we're not going to talk about socialism and communism because so tell. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I know it's supposed to be a talk show. Well, today I happen to be the one doing all the talking. But you know what? The next topic that we're going to talk about, the next topic that we're going to talk about is um, what's going on at the state capitol. We're going to talk about sexual harassment in a hostile workplace over in Minnesota, at the Minnesota capitol in, in St. Paul. And this is crazy. And we've seen a lot of... Uh, a lot of stuff happened, especially in the last, I don't know. Well, we've seen these kind of accusations forever. We've seen them with uh, John F. Kennedy. We've seen them with uh, Bill Clinton. We've had, there, there have been whisper campaigns about how uh, how some men in power, in particularly how they treat women. Uh, we saw a huge outrage with some of the comments that Donald Trump was had was accused of saying and that was even before before the election uh and now i think i think with all the stuff going on in hollywood you're you're seeing a lot of people um saying that's it we've had enough work we're going to we're going to name names and you know what people it's about time uh, you saw everything hit the fan with Judge Roy Moore. He's the senator. Uh, he's the guy running to be the next senator of Alabama. And and people are going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Is he a pedophile? Is he not a pedophile? Is it okay? Is it not okay? Uh, they want to talk about the virgin birth. They want to... People in Alabama, the, the news station in Alabama went and tried to interview people, and they couldn't even find somebody... Uh, on the right side of the aisle, who wasn't going to vote for Roy Moore? A lot of people don't believe them. Uh, Mitt Romney came out and said, innocent until proven guilty is for criminal convictions, not elections. Thanks for nothing, Mitt Romney. Thanks for nothing. And and Mitt Romney must have forgot that Harry Reid said Mitt Romney never paid his taxes. <laughs> I mean, think about that. Uh, and, and you've got a lot of people saying, you know, Mitch McConnell spent $30 million to beat Roy Moore. Um, we don't believe these accusations. We don't believe these allegations. You've got a Democrat, Bob Mendez, who is a sitting Democrat senator, uh, who's been on trial for the last, what, two months? The media won't even talk about him because he's a Democrat. And people are telling Judge uh, Judge Roy Moore, he should change his name to Mendez because then the media will leave him alone. And by the way, Mendez is charged with, among other things, having sex with underage prostitutes. Uh, but the media will have nothing to do with that. Amy Klobuchar came out and said um, the her legislation requiring mandatory sexual harassment training for all senators and staff just passed. Yeah, that'll stop it, Amy. Um 
the he said she said and, and the, of the sexual misconduct in a hostile workplace at the Minnesota Minnesota Capitol. Who do you believe? What should happen? Should these people resign? I have so many thoughts about this. Plus, John Gilmore is going to call in and and give us some thoughts on it as well. He has some credible um, insight into. Well, stay tuned. He'll be on at four oh six. So. Now I want people to call in and talk about that. We'll give the number when we come back from the break. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com.